Okay, let's get to this. Um, so partly why it worked out so well for Anthony to have me do it um, on such short notice, I'm speaking at our school chapel next week, and so I used the message I'm going to use for chapel next week, but it is geared for youth. So I had to kind of just, you know, doctrine up a little bit. Um, we are still at the beginning of the year in our mindset. So um, the message is the journey of your life, and, we're, and I'm talking to them about um, starting the year out and looking towards the end. What do you want your year to look like? What do you want it to look like at the end? So obviously we're not in the school year because no one here is in school, um, <laughs> the grade school anyways. But there are still journeys that we have in life, and our overall life applies to that. Um, maybe your kid's life, you know, their high school life or their middle school life, or maybe you move to a new spot and you have new neighbors. What's the journey of that relationship look like? So it might not be your, obviously, a high school journey, but um, we are all in a journey, and we want to think about critically um, and biblically how that looks um, and how the Holy Spirit is refining us and renewing us in that time. So um, if, I, if we uh, begin to think about starting at the beginning, um, I'm a big football fan. I watched a bunch of football games yesterday. And at the beginning of every football game, everybody starts out super excited and hype, and they're jumping around, and we're going to be, you know, it's all super. And then you start getting towards halftime, and somebody's up, and everyone's going to a locker room looking like this. And at the end, somebody wins and someone loses. And the loser kind of walks out sometimes kind of like, you know, depending on how the game goes. So our goal, our spiritual goal, is to start that game with that same sort of excitement and fervor and love for God. And then through the process of getting to the end, we, we can hold on to that same strength and excitement. Because you know, like I know, if you're going through a rough time, you see somebody else going through a rough time, and you see that they have some type of joy or hope, it, it just attracts you to them. You're just like, why? You should be so down right now. And when you see, I mean, that's what we make movies after. Every triumphant movie is about somebody who has a reason to give up, a reason to quit, a reason to say, you know, I was mistreated or wronged, but they have some sense of hope towards the end. Well, obviously, the fact that Jesus died for us, that he loves us, is the greatest amount of hope we could ever imagine. So how, does that, how do we incorporate that truth into our, our journey, not just when we first get saved, when we're little kids, but day by day um, towards our end of our journey. I think it's important at the end, a sign that you see somebody succeeding at the end is that they aren't exhausted at the end, like, well, I made it, y'all better make it. But they feel like, man, I made this, let me help somebody else. I, I'm at the end, and this was this journey, it, it, was, it was tough, but I made it, let me pull somebody else up. And that's kind of our goal with our relationship with God, is that we don't just try to make it to the end of our life and be like, God, I didn't quit. Let me in, you know. But that at the end, we have some sort of excitement to say, God, I, I want to I honor you at the very end of my life, and I want to help somebody else who's not quite there see what you've shown me, right? Okay, let's go. So there's three things I was thinking about um, that I was going to share with the, um, the youth. First is bring, the, bring your valuables. And by valuables, I mean your values. Hence the, you can go back. Um, hence the uh, misspelling. Um, identify your companions and walk the path that has already been set. Um, the journey is long. Our life is long. There's a lot of things that go through, you know, we go through our life. And we need to pack the right sorts of things. If you're going to take a trip somewhere, you want to pack things that are going to, you know, you're going to pack your passport, you're going to pack your ID, right? Um, so we need to be kind of thinking about what am I packing in my life, my spiritual life, 
to help me have the strength to continue so I don't tire out or I don't get um, discouraged, that sort of thing. All right, so the first one is um, bring your valuables. Let's go. Okay, so here's where the youth part comes in. Anybody here love Mulan? Anybody? Okay, all right. Um, okay, so Disney has been remaking a whole bunch of movies. They did Lion King, they did Aladdin, all these different things. Um, and when you look at these movies, the storyline is the same. The way we start, right, with Mulan, for example, there's a girl and, you know, they get called to war because there's someone trying to take out their entire family. And at the end, she helps rescue her family, right? Um, and if you're like me, I grew up on The Lion King. I actually realized, I went to see the new one, and I realized I can almost quote the entire movie, like literally the entire movie from beginning. So when I was watching the movie, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't plan on watching it. I just, my friend, my, my brother actually was like, hey, I got a free ticket. So I was like, all right, cool, let's go. You know, so we went there, sitting in theater, not this one. And um, we're watching the movie, and I'm like remembering lines, and I'm saying it. And as I get to the end, I'm like, I didn't really feel it. Like, it didn't. I didn't, I just walked out kind of feeling like, uh, you know. And so the story was the same, right? We start with you know, Simba at the beginning, and they do the circle of life, and you know, all that. And we get to the end, and then, of course, Simba ends in the, win, in, in the end, and, you know, uh, Uncle Scar is, is cast out, right? That, that all happens. But the meat and the potatoes of it, there was a difference. And so to me, that difference is the values of the movie, they didn't really match up like from the original to the new one. Um, and so Mulan is about to come out, and uh, I know a lot of my students are super excited about it. And I'm, I just saw a trailer, and I don't know exactly how things are gonna go, but I saw a trailer, and in the trailer, like as you can see there, she has like her long hair, and she's all, you know, right? Um, being all ninja-like, right? Okay, but in the cartoon, the focus is that she cuts her hair because her, she has to look like her dad or, or someone like, a, like her brother or something because her dad's too sick to go to war. And she's sure if my dad goes to war, he's not going to make it. He's not going to come back to us, right? So her, her motivation, what she values is her, her dad's life and says, whatever I have to do, I'm going to make sure that happens. So I'm placing this, this before you and I'm going to do it for my students as well. I haven't seen them. Obviously, the movie hasn't come out yet. I haven't seen it. I don't know how, but it appears in the trailer that what the value is, is the fact that she is someone who they didn't expect to be there. And she has this flowy hair, and she can do stuff that they only thought the guys could do. And it's like, yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. But the, the important part is you care about your dad's life. That's, that's the part that really resonates with people like, man, sacrifice, right? So I'm not sure. Maybe the movie will be fantastic. But I'm holding out to see, do those values match, right? Yeah, with me? Okay. So before we get into the scripture, because we're going to go into Hebrews, I want us to kind of think about the values that matter to you. So I have some values that I've put up here. There's quite a bit. Um, and I want you to think, what values in life kind of really matter to you? Because when you start to read the Bible, there are things that, that speak to you. Like for me, one is respect. I, I just really, as I've gotten older, respect is super important to me. Maybe it's because I'm a teacher as well. Uh, <laughs> little kids, not no kids going crazy. Um, but respect really matters to me. And so when I read the Bible, I'm not reading for respect, but when I see Jesus act in a way that's respectful to people, it just, it, it, it excites me, right? Um, like when Jesus talks to the lady at the well, he has, the, he has every right to expose her for the sin that she was involved in, right? He could have exploited her. He could have 
but instead he shows like grace to her and makes her feel so proud that she wants to tell people about the guy who told her that she was living in sin. That to me just blows my, it just gets me so excited that that's the, the kind of God that we serve. So I want you to just kind of look real quick and see if there's any things up here that, that you look at and you're like, that's me, that's me. Um, we did this with my family um, a few weekends ago, and Laura uh, was saying that one thing that matters to her is correctness, the right answer. Um, and that was like, wow, I, you know, actually I do know that because I'm married to her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but it's not just that she likes to correct people. It's a, it's a, val- a deep value in her that she sees when she look, reads the Bible. She wants to know what is the right thing, okay? So before we go into the scripture and really try to open up and look at that, I think it's an important thing to, to, for you to know yourself. What's, what sticks out to you? What comes out to you from these sorts of values? Because when you read the Bible, you're kind of going to be looking for those things, even though we want to read the scripture for what the scripture says and not just try to take our opinion out of it certain things kind of resonate with us. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Okay, I'm not saying you just get to pick and choose what the Bible says. <laughs> All right, so for some people it might be fun, freedom, dependability, compassion, equality, security, respect, leisure, leadership. These are certain things, these are values that matter because when you're on your journey, those are the values that you're gonna be packing in your bag and you're gonna be trying to, um, that's what's gonna direct the, the way you go in your, in your life and in your journey. Okay, so if you guys can kind of look at some of those, let's go, to, go uh, right up to the scripture. In Hebrews 6, we're going to Hebrews 6, 9, we're going to go through verse 20. Um, the writer of Hebrews, who is unknown, is kind of doing like a little sandwich. You know, whenever you need to criticize somebody, you say something very nice in the beginning, and then in the middle you say, well, you should work on this. And then at the end you say, but you're doing such a great job. That's kind of what this chapter is doing. In the beginning he says, you guys are little babes. Let's get beyond the little, the, the beginning things of the faith. Let's get to the great things in the faith. Then he starts to admonish him a little bit and just says, you know, if you fall away, that's it. You, you know, there's no, you have to stay in the faith. You can't be falling away. And then we're going to talk about the second half where he comes through. So let's go right first to verse 9. It says, even though we speak like this, because he just kind of was hard on them, even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Okay, so a, a big sign of triumph in your journey, as Hebrews is saying, is that you continue to help others. A lot of times you feel like, I've done my good deed for the day, and I feel like that's, that is kind of our culture today. It's like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sponsor a child in Ethiopia. That's my good deed, and I'm fine, right? But a sign that the Holy Spirit is really working in us and living in us is that we want to do more, and we want to do more and do more and do more that there's something refilling us and exciting us about uh, reconciling people back to God. And so he says, this is so amazing that, that God has not forgotten your work. When, when we're doing work <coughs> a lot and we feel like, man, I've been doing this over and over again. I'm getting a little bit tired. And God's, <coughs> excuse me, God's not forgotten that. And it's super important to remember that because we forget each other's stuff all the time. You know, I forget things with Laura all the time. <laughs> She'll tell you that. Um, and I love her, right? But it's so important to realize God has not forgotten everything that you've done for him. And as, you are, and as you're doing your journey, that's something that should really encourage you. 
to remember that he, everything you've done, saying, Lord, I want to please you in this. I want to honor you in this. He's writing that down. He remembers that. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. So when you help others, you're really showing love to him. All right, let's go. <coughs> Verse 11. Verse 11 says, We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what is promised. And this is such an important verse to me um, because it's not just about getting the promise. A lot of times we focus on the promise. Thank you. We focus on the promise. We want to get to the end. I just want to get to that last, you know. But it's important how we get there. It's through faith and patience. Our faithfulness to God is important, and our patience waiting on God is, is equally as important. Um, obviously, in our society, we, we are finding ways to be more efficient with everything, and that's a great thing. But it, it doesn't always translate to how God works. Um, if you look at anyone in the Bible, it's almost like an ingredient that he has you wait because he doesn't want you to depend on your strength or your ability or something. He wants you to say, God, here's what I have, but I need you to lead me. And that's our same prayer. And if we can have that focus and that prayer, that is what's going to help us from not just getting to the end of the journey, but day by day, week by week, month by month, person by person sometimes. We have an encouragement and a hope, a living hope, um, that, that really gives us the energy to keep going. In verse 10 there he says, the same diligence to the very end to get to the very end that way. Okay, so we're going to keep going on. Um, our second thing we want to bring on our trip is identifying your companions. Okay, so you may not know who that is. Her name is Billie Eilish, and she is, like right, right now, a current huge pop star. Um, if you have or know of any kids, I promise you they know who she is. She's, like, at the top right now. Um, and I was listening to an interview that she did on Vanity Fair. And she, she did, she is, right now she's 17. When she became like an artist, she was 15 years old. Um, and so she did this interview where she was 15, and then she did it again on the same day when she was 16. And compared what she thought then and then, you know, a year later. Um, it was incredibly insightful. Very sad, to be honest, but very insightful into... Um, kind of the way that our culture thinks. Identifying your companion. Okay, so we don't always get to choose our friends or our work associates or our family. You know, sometimes it is what we get. But it's important that we identify our companions. And our number one companion, as we're going to read, is obviously Jesus. And we're going to see how great of a companion he is. And he is our standard for what we want to measure to. But the world is obviously... Um, comparing their companions to each other. So um, in this um, question, she's asked, what advice would you give yourself a year ago? Um, and so I'm going to read the quote that she said. She said, don't post everything you think. Don't. Just don't. <laughs> if you're watching this right now, anybody, if anybody is watching this, don't post your feelings. Don't do it to yourself. Okay, so why is that so important? Um, in 2017, on Instagram, which I know you guys are big Instagram, Snapchat people, right? Yeah? Okay. 
Um, on Instagram, she had 257,000 followers. And when she did the interview, she was like, you know, 257,000. That's a lot of people, right? A year later, she had 6.3 million followers. A few days ago, she has 36.1 million followers. People that whatever she posts on there, they are there liking it, commenting on it. Some could say, man, that's a companion. Man, these people are with you. 36 million people. When you post a, a picture, the picture she has that has the most likes is a smile because she doesn't smile much. <laughs> and so that has the most likes on, has some million number of likes. In this world, man, they just get so lost in thinking because there are people around me or because I have, a, you know, just people, that that represents a companion. And that's not what represents a companion. And, and later on, she's asked, um, what does she think of the music industry? And her answer is, we're all sad. Every artist I know is out here and we're sad. That's just the reality of it. She talks about some of the difficulties, very briefly, but some of the difficulties in just trying to be a celebrity. Now, you know, I know I'm a celebrity, but maybe see me, you guys are, have celebrity status and you know some of those definite struggles. No, I'm just kidding. Um, maybe you don't have that many people following you, finding out what you're going to do. But I also had a student this, this year um, who was cutting herself. And her, she was on the opposite end of that spectrum where she felt nobody was with her, right? So whether you're like my former student or you're like her, a companion isn't just people who are around you. It's super important. If we're going to make this journey well and have the endurance to make it to the end, we need to take inventory of our circle. This is why we want to do community groups. It's not important enough just to go to a church and just be around people who, are, who believe the same things you do. Let's uh, go to the next verse, and I'll show you what, what Jesus is doing. Um, verse 13, he says, When God uh, made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was pro promised. Keep going. One more. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make an unchanging nature, make the unchanging nature of his promise very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. So here's what God did for us. He said, you, you know, your righteousness is, is not really fantastic to me, but I want you. I'm choosing you, right? And to let you know I'm not changing, I'm not leaving you, I'm staying committed to you, I'm going to swear by myself because there's nobody else higher, um, who, can, who can really uh, validate my promise. Usually, you know, like when I was little, it was like, man, if, if you're trying to swear something to somebody, be like, but I swear on my mom that this is the, you know, it's like, if you put it on your mom, that means, you know, that is legit, right? God is saying, <laughs> I am the highest standard of credibility, and I'm swearing to myself that I'm not leaving you. That is something to be so excited about. Something that can really give you energy and hope day by day by day, um, not just at the end. That God is saying, I haven't forgotten what you've done for me. And not only did I not forget, I'm not leaving you. The followers that uh, Billie Eilish, this girl has, who knows what's going to happen to them? 36 million people, she might say the wrong thing, like you know many you know, celebrities do, they say the wrong thing, all of a sudden they get you know, blacklisted. It happens all the time. 
God is saying, I'm not like that. I love you. I'm here for you. I'm, I'm, my word is unchanging for you. So the same way, we want to model that. If he's my goal and my standard, I want to be that way. This is why when, when uh, Anthony was like, I'm not feeling good, I'm like, Yo, what can I do? How can I help? Because I want, to be a, I want to represent what I'm experiencing, what I'm benefiting from, right? So I want to say the same thing to you. Think about that. Your relationships that you have, the people who you are closest to you, are you compa- are biblical, godly companions to them, or are you just around because they're available, right? And you need those sorts of people. That's another plug for community groups. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Third point. Walk the path that has already been set. And this is, this, is what, this is the greatest hope for us as Christians. Because when someone starts a journey in life, they have this huge field and they have to figure out, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? What is my life going to be like? Let's read this verse and then I'll... Uh... Cool. Verse 18. God did this so that by two unchanging things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us, may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, where, where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Okay, so... God has already, he's our forerunner. He's already gone before us and everything we have to do. He's experienced everything we need to experience. He has, obviously, he's eternal. He has all the knowledge. I think about an anchor. If you, if you were to drag an anchor on the sand or on the ground, it would leave a trail, right? Doesn't, and if I were to walk that trail, it doesn't mean the trail is going to be easy and fantastic, but a trail's been set, and that's what God has done for us. He's already been our forerunner. He's gone before us. And so what we have to do is rest in that and say, God, I'm trusting your path. Part of the world, that's just part of the, the, the fight, is saying, like, I don't know if I want to trust that, God. I want to find my own path. But we have hope that <laughs> Jesus has already created that path for us, and all he wants us to do is be obedient and walk in that path. doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it's already set, right? So there's hope in that. If I want to make it to the end of the journey and I want to do it well, first, I have to find out what I'm, what I'm valuing and make sure those things are lining up with what God values. I have to really think about my companions, the people who are around me, and are they godly influences? Am I investing spiritually, or are they just people who are around? Social media followers, right? And third, I need to really know what God has called me to do and the path that he's laid so I can follow that path. Amen? All right. Um, let's pray. And um, I'm thinking about how easy it is to get off that track or it is to get discouraged. And First Peter um, says that we have been giving a living hope that is kept away in heaven, that it won't be on earth because so it won't, won't uh, spoil, it won't tarnish. God's keeping that in heaven for us, our, our reward, because he wants it to be completely without any sort of sin. So think about that and just think about the fact that what God wants from us, what he's called us to be, who he's called us to be. He's already laid that path for us. All right, let's pray. Lord, our journey um, needs you. It gets so easy to get distracted and get discouraged. Um, It's so hard sometimes to be patient and to be faithful.
but we want to acknowledge you in everything that we do, God. God, I pray for this church. I pray for um, the heart of everybody who's here, that they are encouraged to continue their journey in you, um, to be a light to the world, especially right now as so many people have been through um, terrible heartache with the hurricane and just people who are hurting. God, I pray that you would put that hope and joy and endurance in us, that we would recognize that you've already gone before us and we just follow your path. And as we continue to get to the end of our journey, that we are not just trying to get there for ourselves, but we are bringing others with us. We are sharing your joy to the people who are around us. And that we are first trying to be the companion that you are to us, but then also looking for others to fulfill that earthly relationship and friendship. God, we wanna honor you in everything that we do, every decision we make, how we treat our family, how we treat our friends. So just Holy Spirit, take over us, be with us as we continue day by day to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so we're gonna come to the spot where we're gonna kind of think and meditate. Um, would you mind putting the values on the screen, the picture of the values? I want, that's something that I had not thought about. Um, what, what values do I really own? What really makes me tick, you know? What makes me feel like I come alive? And I think if you think on those things and really know those, it kind of makes it more exciting um, to feel like you have a bit of a direction or a purpose. Um, so we'll just take a few minutes and uh, we'll play and just maybe look at some of these and think, what one really makes me feel like I'm coming alive? Because God wants to use you in that way um, to spread his word, to be a faithful servant of him.